is Christopher McKinnon and you're listening to the Notes from Dad to Son podcast. A podcast from a dad who's still trying to figure it all out in time for his son being old enough to start asking questions. Welcome to Notes from Dad to Son episode 39. Well, things have moved fairly quickly in terms of vaccinations, shall we say. Also, my house has been surveyed, the home report is ready. So I'm just waiting on the estate agents putting that on to the market. And I've seen a place on the market as well that I think would be suitable for us to move to. It's got two bedrooms, reasonable size, and as well as that, a little box room at the back. It's not too much more than what I'm currently paying for my own mortgage. And it's sitting at a fixed price right now, so I'm looking to see if I can get a hold of that. As soon as the place, my place is on the market, just getting in there and putting on the offer and seeing what happens. So, as I was saying, things are moving pretty quickly with getting the vaccination going. Uh, one thing that will be noticeably different in this episode is there'll be background noises, shall we say. Because I'm walking through Glasgow just now in the rain, recording this on Saturday, Saturday the 12th, I'm on my way to the Nightingale Hospital in Glasgow, which was set up around, around near enough the beginning of the pandemic to facilitate NHS staff being able to people who have COVID and something came about earlier on in the week late on Wednesday evening the service managers of um, our care homes got a message from the Health and Social Care Partnership that there are vaccines available and um, they're in limited supply at the moment because they had been intended for staff working at another care home in Glasgow, one of these big massive care homes. But tragically, those staff are not able to attend because there's a COVID outbreak in that care home. So it's freed up a lot of the first batches of the vaccine. So. I got myself booked in for a slot today. My slot is in roughly half an hour. So I'm on my way from the centre of Glasgow, having left Caroline and Fraser. Whilst they get a little bit of shopping for dinner for later on. And it's a really sad place right now. Everything is just decimated. Like, you know, the main shopping streets is next to nothing really open and what's opens got queues going on outside but it being raining not many people have wanted to do that 
the usual Christmas market isn't here and you know it's just it's just bizarre seeing Glasgow the city centre like this in this kind of set up and condition so there were some stipulations about the vaccine that was to be offered um, to staff who have certain criteria in that they can't receive it if they have received a flu vaccination within the last two weeks and if they have had COVID-19 themselves they need to be 10 weeks clear of that and if they get like adverse reactions to um, the ingredients that are in the vaccine then they can't have it either of particular note is that the vaccination isn't mandatory and uh, management are not you know pursuing that line of thought and trying to encourage staff to get it so Caroline isn't wanting the vaccination and you know there's lots of people in that same position because as I mentioned in the last episode so much rubbish and bullshit about vaccination and, and about vaccinations generally because there's too many people out there that are part of this anti-vaxxer movement and people that believe in Q is queuing on people so yeah it's quite quite a noisy environment right now because where I am in Glasgow at the moment in the Tradeston slash Argyle Street area is basically a building site you know there's all these bits of scaffolding going up buildings being I don't know, torn down, renovated, whatever's going on, but that's the nature of Glasgow. You know, constantly, constantly changing. And it's been ages since I've been in this part of Glasgow, in the city centre, so it's like, you know, if you didn't recognise some of the older buildings in the general layout, it would be like a completely different different place and you know it's just a, a medley of older architecture interspersed with like newer architecture being thrown up behind it directly across the street from me just now there's like the remains of an old old yellow sandstone building and it's like a big towering metal and glass structure being built behind that I don't know if they're intending to keep the sandstone walls of the the previous building that was on site or having the, the two of them together in a state of uh, not quite completion it's just very bizarre looking so yeah people People are quite afraid of this vaccine. I have to say, I'm not really that fussed about it at all. 
and you know there's no guarantees that the vaccine is going to like be as effective as they would like it to be but such as it is this is just the first dose within 21 days you also have to have a second dose for it to be fully effective well as effective as they think it is going to be so 21 days from now that would take me to I don't know after Christmas anyway yeah because two weeks from now would be Boxing Day it's probably first or second of January or something anyway my hands are getting cold so I'm going to stop recording for now so having got round about where I need to be it occurs to me, I think I said Nightingale Hospital, it's actually called Louisa Jordan at the SSE Hydro, I think. Uh, it's hard to tell really from around the car park where I'm supposed to go because it's, it's just so dead everywhere, there's no one around. I can see a Renfrewshire Council bus, which is... Um, encouraging it's parked outside the hydro side so I'm going to go over there and see what's happening it's just very very strange so yeah I'm going to quit recording just now whilst I find where I'm meant to go looking at the, the hydro it looks pretty dead so I see people with high visibility vests coming out of the main SEC centre and people coming and going so I suppose that's probably where I need to be alright so next little recording will be the aftermath I suppose Alright, so I realise that this episode is probably going to feel a little bit disjointed because I'm recording little segments at different times in different places. Uh, not sure how I feel about that, but whatever, that's what it is. So I'm recording this on the morning after having had the, the COVID vaccine. I never got a chance to get back into recording yesterday so so what was that like well near the entrance of the SECC there was like a not exactly a tent structure but there was like some some form of structure anyway with um, a metal fence in between not like a big tall metal fence but you know these kind of portable railing fences they would put up for like parades and things like that so it was one of those just to kind of create a sort of two-way corridor and a hand dispenser so to use that there's a guy a high-vis vest and just making sure that we're there for the right reasons so 
know, I said, right, okay, I've got my email, this is my ID, and here for the vaccine. So he says, right, that's fine. Head into the building and move along to um, the desks on the left-hand side once you get through. And they'll confirm your details and all that. So went on the inside and... Sure enough, the place is... I mean, it's like a big conference centre anyway. It's like a, a place where conferences, markets sometimes... Um, when about Christmas and New Year, there would be a carnival, an indoor carnival kind of thing would be going on. Not this year, for obvious reasons. So anyway, pass through. There's a couple of desks at the left and a couple of NHS staff sitting there with um, a list of names and, you know, your date of birth and all of that and your address and postcode and things. So they asked my name and when the vaccine appointment for me was. And I says, right, this is my name. And, you know, it's the 11.15 to 11.30 slot. So I've checked in there. They said, right, now you go far along to the end of the... the well, it's not even a corridor. You, you can really call it a corridor, but it seemed that way because... Everything on the inside to the right as you go in where the main exhibitions were is no longer used for that kind of space. But you've got like the odd little row of um, food vendors and things that are still kind of running because the place has been used as a hospital now so you have to have things nearby for people to be able to go and eat, I suppose. So carry on to the end of um, the space and another guy in a high-vis vest radios through to his colleague through the way just to make sure that the queue as it were had moved on enough to allow me and the person in front to pass through and I'd never been to this this part of the building before on the left-hand side um, further along that corridor but it passed through what would be described as like a, a kind of indoor theatre you know for like a conference not like a huge theatre you could probably have like a, a kids pantomime or something like that in there or a conference there's like a small stage a big screen for things to be projected on and whatnot. and we would pass right through there right in front of the stage through to the exit the other side and there was another two desks to confirm the details. Did that and then joined the queue along the back wall. And there was maybe about eight people ahead of me at this point and everybody's keeping two metres apart. So the queue's moving. It's not like moving greatly fast or particularly slowly, but it's moving anyway through another set of double doors into another room. And that carries on for another, another ten people, I would say. And then kind of takes a right angle um, at the end as people turn direction. So you're kind of 
when you're at that point in the queue you can see the people that were behind you in the queue because you're walking along the other side of them and they're like against the wall and you're against another wall and it's like two metres at least apart and get to the head of that queue and the nurse calls you through and there you can see the space has really opened up there's little cubicles have been made for um, people to go in and give their check their details and go through all the health screening questions with the nurse uh, before she administers the jab itself so she's got a tablet and she's checking my details and she's asking me all the questions about health and you know have you recently had a flu vaccine have you recently had any of these symptoms do you have adverse reactions to anything had ever anaphylactic uh, response to anything else you know a whole series of questions like that so go through all that confirm I'm fit I'm healthy none of the obstructions would apply so the vaccine itself comes in a little vial and it's a kind of milky white uh, kind of colour I think from remembering and is injected into a muscle in the upper arm of the arm that you um, the arm that is not attached to the hand that you write with so for me it was in my left upper arm just the usual kind of discomfort you get when you get a, a vaccine as the needle goes in but it's like not overly unpleasant it's just just a normal kind of thing and then she says right that's you done you'll get an email through or your manager will tell you when to come back for your next vax for your next dose and that will be within 21 days so I get all these little leaflets and information about potential side effects and the common side effects, the uncommon things that people can have. I have to sit in a little waiting area for about 15 minutes just to make sure I don't have any of those immediately dangerous reactions, you know, like anaphylactic shock and other things that can come about, people fainting and all that. Um, but such as it was, none of that applied. After 15 minutes, I left the premises. But whilst I was waiting in the queue um, to get my vaccine, sorry, it's a car going by, um, I got a call from my manager. And as I've mentioned in previous episodes, like we're tested for COVID every week on a Wednesday. And it so happens that the past few weeks, if you're tested on a Wednesday, quite often the results in for the Thursday evening. The Thursday evening came and went. I hadn't had my result. Friday morning, still hadn't had my result. I was one of maybe five um, tests. Five people that had had a test that hadn't had the result at that point. Anyway... So she calls to let me know that the results still had not come through. So 
she's asked me to go into my place of work today, which is Sunday, because she's had to arrange for um, a courier to collect the test kit today um, for me to take a repeat test. And, you know, those of you out there may be wondering what's the point in being tested for COVID after having a vaccine. Surely you would have the, the stuff live in your system and that would maybe throw up a false positive. That's not the case because you don't have the virus. You have... Um, Certainly in the first dose anyway, um, the nurse was describing it. She was saying it's not like a live vaccine. So you will still need to get tested every week anyway. And it's like going to be at least another seven days after the second dose before um, you're kind of like fully protected kind of thing. So basically having the first dose of the vaccine doesn't have any effect on um, you know whether you would show up a, a false positive on a COVID test because you don't have COVID from that first dose of the vaccine or indeed the second dose it just uh, provides you with the immunity and antibodies as it were so as I say, you're not fully protected until you have that second dose and for some time after that. So the possibility of catching COVID in between is still a thing. Now, in addition to that, some of the symptoms that you might get or side effects you might get after having the first of, of that vaccine are kind of like the symptoms that you get if you have COVID itself, you know, like the high temperature, the loss of taste and taste and smell, and the, you know, shortness of breath and, and things like that. So they're saying, basically, if you have any of those symptoms after, you know, having this vaccine, that's like a normal thing. Um, you don't need to arrange like a COVID test for specifically those reasons, but you know, those would pass. But if you became like seriously unwell, you would still probably need to get a, a test arranged because you wouldn't be expected to have all of those um, symptoms. Anyway, so. I'm out and about just now, it's Sunday morning and I'm on my way to my place of work to get that COVID test and get that sent away and then I'll be tested again on Wednesday as per routine and the Wednesday after that and the Wednesday after that and I think for quite a while after until the, the standard of a... Um, immunity in the general populace is such that it's no longer required so what else is new what else is going on because it's a bit dismal to be talking about vaccines and covid and all that all the downtime but yeah like earlier on 
in the week we were expecting um, a kind of parents evening phone call from the nursery they weren't able to do that on Friday morning so that's going to be on um, Monday morning now so we kind of an update on how he's getting on at nursery and and a chance to raise any concerns and to hear any concerns they might have but you know the the typical kind of things we hear about when we pick him up or drop him off at nursery is that he's fell or he's bumped his head or whatever and you know that's just kind of par for the course so looking forward to that anyway just to to hear how he's getting on at nursery because he can kind of say some of the things that are happening at nursery um, but not to any great length of detail so it's kind of like a guessing game fortunately the nursery have started posting like weekly updates on their Facebook page to give a step for a hint for the parents um, as to what the people and the, the kids have been doing over the course of that week and that gives you little talking points which is helpful so another news yesterday as well after having had the vaccine I was out and about in the area near where I stay near where the flat is that I'm looking to buy and because I'd emailed them and hadn't heard anything from that flat's estate agent I decided to give them a call as well. Now, their website says they're open 24-7 in a family-run business and they want to treat people the way they should be treated and all that jazz. So I'm thinking, right, great. If they're not picking up the emails, they'll surely pick up a phone or whatever. Well, they didn't pick up the phone. They didn't answer the phone. It went to a voicemail. So I had to leave a voice message to say that I'm interested in the flat, I'm looking to arrange a viewing and left my number for them to give me a call back but nobody has called me back <laughs> so already things are looking promising for securing that flat and uh, I don't see the for sale sign uh, anywhere near the flat but I'm not discouraged by that because the competition between estate agents and renters fierce enough to such a degree that it had been in the local newspaper that one of the new start-up places um, had felt that all their for sale signs had been vandalised and damaged and taken down and removed um, before sales were complete purely because other estate agents feared the competition so how much of that is there to be considered I don't know but you know I'm still optimistic that I'll get that place and if I don't get that place I'll get whatever the hell it is I damn well need which at minimum is going to be a two bedroom place and somewhere that isn't too much of a pain in the ass to get get around for work and nursery and, and all of that okay so 
I suppose I'm going to be calling this episode, <laughs> although it's recorded over a couple of days now, um, the day Fraser's dad received the COVID vaccine, or the first dose of the COVID vaccine, and kind of call it a day there. I'm thinking I should maybe as well also have had little stupid noises between these segments so that people know... <laughs> That it's not all just the one recording, but uh, I'll, I'll preview the damn episode before posting it. It should be live today on Sunday. Another idea I'd had in my head was to kind of maybe do a short daily update. Because I suppose there is enough fear out there that people that uh, are wary about receiving a vaccine, they want to know what it's like for people that have actually received it. So that would be me. And on the, the day after, the only thing I can say is that, you know, I've got that muscular pain in the left upper arm, just around the area from where I'd received the injection. But you would get that with any injection, any vaccine anyway. All right, so I'm going to leave it there. And I will stick in my headphones and listen to the episode, see how it goes, and maybe insert a stupid wee noise between segments. Actually, I don't think I will do that. It can just be disjointed. Alright, so, until tomorrow, (laughs) if all goes according to plan. Take care.